Happy birthday, Fat it happened. 68 years old I am today. Uh, it's a celebration for old 20, bones. 25 years old yesterday, 68 today. That's the way the world works. It's pro wrestling. That's 2020 just... for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I still think this the, this year's national anthem should be that FU 2020, or uh, low-key F 2020 song. I love that song. Low-key F-2020. You don't know it? No. Just talking about fuck 2020. That's literally (laughs) the whole song. Why why low-key? Why isn't it high-key? I don't think... Well, because because it's on the radio, so you got to be low-key about saying fuck 2020. But it gets ample radio play. Let me tell you what. I hear it multiple times a day, and I love it. (sighs) Holy buckets, pasty. We're we're rounding the curve of... uh, a 2020 though rounding the corner thinking that it's going to be all roses and uh uh daisies as Katy perry would say but it's not going to be daisies because it's going to be the same shit we have now no different i mean if if the foot of snow in october didn't say anything yeah we uh minnesota (laughs) at least folks broke a record for not only for the uh, most earliest snow, the most snow at the earliest time, but they also broke a, a record for the most precipitation or snowfall precipitation in October. And October still has more than a week left. <laughs> they already and, broke the record for the most and snowfall. And if you're a Minnesota resident, nobody has to remind you of the blizzard of 91. No. I mean, this hasn't been that, but... It's fitting no, for but you, I, it surprised sure. me. <laughs> Especially this year when uh, the the beefsteak hoodlums have some really badass outfits. They went all out. Nice. They got some. We got some. Well, what, what we did was we got some cosplay outfits so they can use them for Halloween tonight or not tonight this year. But they can also use them to cosplay throughout the year. So. So what they get? Um, they're, they're two Naruto things. I don't know which ones they are. One of, one of them is, yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know Naruto. I just know the run and area 51. Yeah. It's neither of those, but, but they are really badass. They got the red clouds on them. He's got the mask. What's, oh, what is it? Oh, can I tell you? Yeah. It's Itachi and Toby. Itachi and Toby. That's right. <laughs> So I'm excited for that. Nice. I'm excited for that. Well, Pasty, uh, we don't have a lot of time to waste uh, today. I think we're going to have a full show, right? It's a stacked show for your birthday, Fat Mac. I know you like them thick. I like them thick. And uh, starting out, um, the second thickest issue of PWI, top of the show, Pasty, Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Women's 100 which would be their annual top 100 women's wrestling rankings, announced that SmackDown women's champion Bailey has claimed the top spot this year. That's how you know it hasn't been a great year in women's wrestling, huh? Not that Bailey's bad, but I wouldn't say <laughs> in year she was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. But then again, I can think of a lot of women who I thought were amazing this year. So... I don't know. I don't know that I agree with PWI's rankings. Um, 
I don't dislike Bailey having a number one spot in the PWI. I just don't think it was this year. But you know what? That let's put it in perspective, Pasty. Give us the rundown of the the top ten for this year's <laughs> PWI Women's 100 rankings. Yes, indeed. And we'll go from ten to one. So coming in at number ten is Mayu Iwatani. Number nine is Io Shirai. Number eight is Riho. Number seven is Tessa Blanchard. Six, Hikaru Shida. Five, Sasha Banks. Four, Charlotte Flair. Three, Asuka. Number two is Becky Lynch. And as you said, Fat Mac, number one is Bailey. I think a few things kind of stick out to me on this. The first one might not be as obvious as probably the second one, but the first one I noticed is in the top ten, five of them are Japanese women wrestlers. So I think America's finally getting a taste of what what Japanese women wrestling is all about, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's pretty, uh, pretty decent. Although I gotta say, many of these women haven't wrestled most of this year, so that that's another thing that's tough like Tessa Blanchard, and she's got the black marks against her from, from her past that came out this year. And Well, I suppose this year just in general is so hard to judge because so many so people much happened. Yeah. hasn't been able to re- – I mean, wrestling wasn't happening for so long for the most part. Yeah. Um, the second thing that stands out to me in the top five, um, if you forget number three, Asuka, we got the four horsewomen busted out the top five this year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, you know, they did something right. Uh, I guess that's been what almost, has it been 10 years in the making or not quite? Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be sad? 10 years in the if making. It's, huh? if it's about 10 years. That's ridiculous. And I need to stop watching wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think it's been like roughly 10 years since the, you know, they were raising hell over in NXT. So good for them. It's great that, um, you know, something could have started with them. And, you know, look at the shield. It's all over the place now. But the four horsewomen, none of them are really aligned at all. But look at them. Top five. Yep. And uh, to give everybody kind of a, a kind of an idea of where we're at, last year's top ten, we're number ten, Nicole Savoy. Number nine, Mercedes Martinez. Number eight, Io Shirai. Seven, Natalia. Six, Bailey, who took number one this year. Five, Tessa Blanchard, who dropped a little. Four, Shayna Baszler. Three, Ronda Rousey. Two, Charlotte Flair. And the man was number one last year, Becky Lynch. So we still had we had two of the the four horsewomen last year. It's so crazy to think Shayna Baszler is not even on the top ten this year. I know, isn't that that is that's very crazy. And I can only hope with or the way. Uh, 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 fuck. Uh, NXT. Fuck. NXT. Where is NXT? Um, Kyrie Sane. No. Well, yeah, but no. Well, she yeah she. <laughs> uh, Rhea Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, yeah, yeah. There's so many. I mean, there's so many talented women. Mercedes Martinez joined uh, Retribution for a cup of coffee. What's going to happen with her? Long going enough forward? to get a name, <laughs> yeah, and then lose it again. So, will we maybe see Mia Yim on here next year? I, I, I would love that. I love mm-hmm. Mia Yim. I'm a huge fan of the Blasian. 
yeah, it's good. I, I would recommend go out and uh, pick it up. Either you don't have to pick up the physical copy. You can always go and subscribe to their electronic uh, magazine, or just get a, a just get one issue. Or get if you're like me, I like the paper copies. I sit and read them. I've been a subscriber of theirs since I was, I think, twelve years old. Nice. So I still do it. I still do it. But somebody did something really crazy, Pasty, on this week in pro wrestling history. Do you, you feel like uh, you feel like letting us know what happened? I'm excited. Yeah, I can do that. On October the 23rd, WWF Raw's War from Brandon, Manitoba, Canada, in 1995, Alundra Blaze defeated Bertha Faye to win the WWF Women's Championship. Two months later, she appeared on Nitro and dumped the WWF women's title belt in a trash can, making her the company's last champion until 1998. Also featured on the show, Owen Hart with Jim Cornette won an Intercontinental Championship number one contender's battle royal, outlasting the likes of Aldo Montoya, Bam Bam Bigelow, Harry Borowitz, Harry... He almost did it twice. That's awesome. <laughs> Barry Horowitz, Bob Holly, Duke the Dumpster Dross, Drossy, 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 Fatu, Hakushi, Henryo Godwin, Hunter Hearst, Helmsley, Isaac Yankum, DDS, Jean Pierre Lafayette, Kama Mustafa. King Kong Bundy, Marty Janelli, Louis Spicoli, Savio Vega, Sid Vicious, Skip, and the one, two, three, kid. Makes you think of uh, how many up-and-comers there were in WWF in 95, but nobodies. Well, not nobodies, but not big names. My, my, my new uh, wrestling name for when I feature <laughs> <laughs> on a talking shop of mania it's Harry, Harry Barowitz. I love it. <laughs> and uh, some of those names, folks, if you don't recognize them, Aldo Montoya, that's PJ Polacco, also known as uh, Just Incredible. Barry Horowitz had a, a million and one different gimmicks. He was all over the place. Fatu is Rikishi. Yes. Henry O'Godwin. I think we'll see him at the Hell in a Cell this weekend. I don't know. Isaac Yankum, everybody knows that was Kane. Kama Mufasta. Mufasta. Now I got it. Now I'm taking it from you. <laughs> Kama Mustafa turned into the godfather. Uh, Louis Spicoli died at such a young age, but was part of WWF, ECW, and WCW. In fact, in the NWO, he had so much going for him. And Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Pasty, do you have any idea who he uh, who he is nowadays? Um, I'll tell you this. He's he's a cyborg with one eye. Yeah, that's, that's PCO. That's what I he's thought. He's PCO. That's what I thought from the jump. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, that's not PCO, Pierre, though. Pierre <laughs> Yes. Uh, back then, he was a, a pirate with one eye, and, and he could catch a baseball with one eye. Very nice. I, I don't know if that can means he, can he, he could... shoot it. Can he shoot it out? I hope so. <laughs> what good is catching it if it just sits there? <laughs> Honestly. Kind of pointless. 
Oh. But something that's not pointless, Pacey, is the Sentinel that has gone savage over the yes. week. Which brings us to the Savage Sentinel. And uh, Savage Sentinel starts off with some good news that we teased last week, Pasty, and that's that the wrestling docuseries Dark Side of the Ring has officially been renewed by Vice for an expanded 14-episode third season. Nice. I'm sick of 10-episode season bullshit. I know, and I'm excited for this. And this this comes as no surprise. As we talked about last week, the show has become Vice's Vice TV's highest-rated show since premiering in April 2019 and has already begun filming interviews without even having a, a, a third season locked in. So, so uh, if that's the case, then Vice needs to capitalize and bring, like, impact on or something. MLW. Vice should have a wrestling program. I, you know what? I would be all for it. They've had, they've done very well with wrestling themed specials. They had one on, um, on the, um, CZW death match. They had a special that was huge on there. Um, they've, they've done a lot watching that. That was like when the vice was pretty damn brand new, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was one of their big, um, actually I think it was before it was its own station and it was where it was, uh, vice, Vice spun off from a show that was on HBO, and it was basically an underground news thing that would go, you know, talk about news that people didn't talk about. And then it spun off to its own TV show. So and I think that might have actually been from Vice, the TV show, not the station. But, yeah, they've got a history with pro wrestling, and I agree. They need to either bring make their own, which some people have been doing lately and having varied success, whether good or bad, or... Yeah, just give somebody a home. Give a dog a bone. Well, Pasty Vice Television Executive Vice President Morgan Hertzen had this to say about the renewal of Dark Side of the Ring. He said, Dark Side of the Ring is a knockout show for Vice TV. The tag team executive producers Evan Husney and Jason Eisner are true heavyweight champions of the world of TV, and we are so excited to pin down a third season of this incredible series Pacey, he went through every wrestling pun you could get into one Except sentence. he called tag team heavyweight champions. Well, there's the heavyweight tag team champions of the TV. Yeah, but he did. The, <laughs> it's like they got the, the WWE title and the, and the Universal title. Right. As we mentioned, filming for the, fir- for the third season is well underway already, with subjects including Grizzly Smith, that would be the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rockin' Robin. Nice. Brian Pillman, the loose cannon, and the WCW New Japan North Korea show. And Pasty, that show is famous for many things, but probably most famous because it holds the record for the largest attended pro wrestling event ever with a reported 355,000 in attendance. Uh, very much disputed whether they were forced to go or not and how real that number is, and I'm sure they will really get into that, but I'm excited for that. I was going to say, surface level, none of this seems very dark. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> Grizzly Smith was a hell of a bad dad. but <laughs> I don't know, Brian Pillman, the, the loose cannon, the guy that, you know, kind of killed himself, and, you know, he 
got into a car accident just as he was starting to take off when he left WCW for WWE and his career went downhill and he couldn't wrestle anymore and then he got back and then I think there's a lot of dark to it. That's one good thing about Dark Side of the Ring, though. They find things that seem like kind of mediocre, you know? Mm. A lot of people only knew so little about Dr. D, David Schultz, and they got a whole really good episode out of that, you know? I think they're good at finding finding little ones that uh, that you didn't quite you didn't quite know about, you know. Um, not Bruno San Martino. Uh, Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo is another one that I don't think a lot of people in our generation knew much of the story about him being involved in the mob with with selling bootleg cigarettes and getting murdered. And Gino Hernandez down in. Um, uh, not Puerto Rico, down in Houston wrestling, Gino Hernandez getting murdered in the showers. You know, you got, um, I don't know. I, I think I, if history has shown us anything, it's that these are going to be good episodes one way or the other. Yeah, no, and I'm excited to see because the further they get in, I mean, the less stuff they're going to have to talk about, or so you would think, and that's when we're going to start digging out the real interesting stuff. Exactly. Well, speaking of the dark side of the wrestling business, according to court records in Texas, Teddy Hart was booked into Tarrant County Correction Center in Fort Worth, Texas on Thursday the 22nd after being named as a fugitive from justice in the state on May 4th. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Teddy. According to court documents, Hart, real name Edward Ellsworth Anus... Is facing charges of injuring a child slash elderly slash disabled person. God, I hope it's not all three. That's <laughs> what I was saying to God. If it's all of them, I'm hoping it's one or 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 not. Yes, all of them. That'd be fucking wild. What if also it was like? Charged... A, what if it was like a, a crippled Benjamin Button? Like it was just right, one that's guy. What I was thinking, all like them. all three at once. <laughs> Ellsworth. Damn you, James. <laughs> I love that his last name is Anus. It makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but not only that, he's also charged with evading arrest with a vehicle and possession of a controlled substance, all stemming from his December 2016 arrest. It is believed that the new arrest and his extradition to Texas is related to a parole violation. As we have covered over the year, Hart has been arrested multiple times, starting with a February arrest for possession of narcotics with the intent to sell or distribute, and in March related to a domestic violence incident involving girlfriend Maria Manick. Hart had been jailed in Richmond County Jail, Virginia last month in relation to violating a house arrest order stemming from the arrest in March. PWInsider.com notes Hart was scheduled for a hearing in Richmond today, but it was ultimately canceled as he was booked in Tarrant County Jail yesterday. <laughs> Can't make it to Virginia court because I'm in Texas jail. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a great talent. Isn't that the worst part of this? Well, I guess the worst part is what he did to innocent I. It's 2020, man. I can overlook anybody's talent level. Real yeah. easy. Okay. <laughs> Because he is. He, he's super talented. He is. But he's always just been on And, you know, he was one of the youngest people ever signed to a WWE contract. And they ended up firing his ass before he got out of, I think it was, 
OVW at the time just because of this shit. Like, he's never grew. And people, so many people said, oh, he's so talented, but he was just too young. He's just too young. He's too immature. He doesn't have that excuse anymore, Pasty. All I know is um, on my bucket list now is going to a live wrestling show where he's wrestling and starting the chant, Edward Anus. <laughs> Edward Anus. <laughs> How about how about you could how about you do Edward and I go Ellsworth and you go anus <laughs> like a call and response. <laughs> um, uh, tragic story and uh, I could easily I could easily see if if Vice renewed you know if this dark side of the ring continues for seasons I could easily see a Teddy Hart episode and it doesn't even have to be yeah. five years down the road it could be two years down the road. Right. You could, they could do it this season. You, you could. <laughs> and have a part except two somewhere not, down the line. Yeah, exactly, except it's not over is what I was going to say, but yeah. Call it the first chapter, too. Be real cocky about it. Well, Pacey, some people do horrible things. Some people do really good things. And we need to honor the people that do good things. And Well, that brings us to WWE because they have been named 2019 Corporation of the Year. In the PR News CSR, which is Corporate Social Responsibility, and Nonprofit Awards. The awards were revealed just this week, but are for 2019 campaigns and efforts. 2020 has been so hectic, they haven't even had time. We're not raising money for kids with cancer. We're having a hard enough time paying ourselves. (laughs) Right. WWE won the overall Corporation of the Year Award. Honorable mentions in that category were eBay, Jabbly, and Warner Brothers Entertainment. And no, I was not mispronouncing Studio Ghibli. It's Jabbly. I don't know what it is. It's J-A-B-I-L. Jable. 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 Shorty J. (laughs) Some call him Jable. (laughs) WWE received an honorable mention in the social good slash responsibility campaign category for their partnership with UNICEF Kid Power. Social good slash responsibility. It's a good thing they're not looking at any other business practices. (laughs) And in the corporate partnership category for teaming with 2K to partner with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in the fight against cancer. And I want played the recent WWE 2K games? Those games are made to give you cancer. What are you talking about? They might, but I want I want 2K to come out with a fucking leukemia and lymphoma fight against cancer where you're like, it's like Double Dragon, but instead of Bimmy and Jimmy, you're leukemia and lymphoma, and you're taking on the various cancers. <laughs> so you eventually have to kill yourselves? Well, uh, yeah, it's like at the end of Double Dragon, remember, uh, Jimmy had to face Bimmy because he was actually the bad guy. <laughs> it was him. It was me all along, Jimmy. <laughs> It's anus cancer. It's, <laughs> there's Teddy Hart coming to. <laughs> but Teddy a, Hart there, would look great in Teddy... the NES Dun- Double Dragon game, wouldn't he? I love. <laughs> he reminds me of like Teddy the first Hart. boss in the factory. Like when you go in that door and there's the conveyor a belt that's moving. That's Teddy Hart. A Bobo? Yeah. A Bobo. I like the fact that you can see here comes Teddy Hart to stop leukemia and lymphoma, but he's the bad guy. <laughs> Come to put a stop to leukemia and lymphoma. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's great stuff. 
Ah, it is good stuff. Stephanie McMahon took to Twitter and reacted to the news of being honored by PR News, and then AEW wrestler Jake Hager responded to Stephanie's tweet and knocked the company out. He wrote, laughing my ass off, I guess lying about over $37 million in quarterly profits so you can fire over 300 people during a worldwide pandemic is a category for an award. And then he tagged Andrew Yang, who has spoken out against WWE due to their use of the term independent contractors. Lack of health care and their new policy on ending unauthorized superstar activity with third-party platforms, as well as calling WWE fucking greedy. And was responded, time will change under new leadership. Thumbs up emoji, US flag emoji. I like what Andrew Yang is doing, but every interview I watch, he says literally the exact same thing. <laughs> and so I don't think he's going to do anything about it. No, no, he won't. No, Come on. No, it's 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 really bad in a world in a, in a year of horribly bad politics. Um, yeah, I don't I don't buy it, Yang. I'm sorry. Can, can we just admit in all the years and this goes back to the 80s. When uh, Jesse, no, back to the 70s when Jesse, well, 80s, I think, was when he started to, Jesse Ventura wanted to start a union in pro wrestling and Hulk Hogan and Vince shut him down. In all the years since the 80s, the only person to even make a small amount of ground in raising awareness for pro wrestlers' needs is John Oliver. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's, it's sad but true. <clears throat> but I'm glad somebody took WWE to task for their bragging about. It's a shame we'll never see him on WrestleMania, huh? Oh, that would be <laughs> so awesome. Inducted into the Hall of Fame. That would be great. Uh, I would, they should, AEW should bring him on. Yes. AEW should bring on John Oliver. Probably not until there's a union. That. He probably won't do it. <laughs> I'd love it. It's, it's got to be the same for everybody, right? Well, pasty, when we talk about the union, that makes me think of the United States of America, even though we're not united. And that makes me think of the United States Court of Appeals. And the United States Court of Appeals for the second court, can I start that over? Yes. All right. United States Court of Appeals for the second court rejected attorney Constantine W. Kairos's appeal in his recent courtroom loss to the WWE. Over the past six years, Kairos has represented several former WWE talents, alleging that WWE was not transparent regarding its knowledge about CTE damage to its performers. Kairos is failing to appeal the recent verdict against him will mean that he has to pay WWE for their legal fees and, quote, other troubles. We are told that WWE is seeking around 560000 but that the amount will increase to establish to the to include the cost of the hearing, which must be held in order for the court to establish the amount it will order to pay him. God, I love courts how they do that. It's like, well, it's five hundred and sixty, but you got to come to court for us to tell you you have to pay the five hundred and sixty. But then we're gonna make you pay for that also. But if you don't pay if you don't pay for the court fee in the first place, then you don't have to pay the five hundred sixty, right? Because they can't establish that fee. <laughs> no, they're just awarded it. <laughs> so, um, you know, that kind of goes back to with, you know, we talk about Jesse Ventura fighting forever for unions, all these wrestlers who fought forever about the uh, 
mistreatment of wrestlers. And don't get me wrong, I don't think WWE, I don't think anybody, anybody, any human on earth, at least outside of the medical science field, had any idea of how great CTE was to people. But I can tell you, I do believe that WWF and the people there knew that whapping the shit out of somebody in the head with a chair multiple times was bad for them. Yeah, I don't know how you could think that that's good for you. Yeah. It makes you smarter. <laughs> yeah. So it's I like I a don't cup know of coffee in the morning. It. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it one way or the other. Ah. <laughs> uh. During the 2020 WWE draft, several key angles, such as Roman Reigns as the Tribal Chief, Mysterio and Rollins, Bailey and Sasha Banks, and the return of Daniel Bryan moved were set in the realm of SmackDown, leaving Raw with Retribution and Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. This is the only major angles currently. According to a recent report from Wrestling Observer Newsletter, the reason WWE has these big angles on SmackDown and not Raw is that they have more motivation to keep Fox happy than the USA Network. It was noted to us by one key person in WWE that having the three big angles on SmackDown was on purpose because Raw is a lock on USA no matter what because they need the show or USA Network collapses in the ratings. Fox doesn't need SmackDown. Makes sense, honestly. If I was USA, I'd drop Raw right now. <laughs> but to be honest, I mean, they are kind of the backbone of Raw, Raw, or not Raw, of USA. USA used to be known for a lot of different things, for Monk, for Burn Notice, for The Shield. Um, you know, I used to always know USA had, even if I didn't watch certain shows, I knew they were USA shows because everybody talked about them. I don't know anything that's USA right now. Monk. Monk isn't on USA anymore. Or it, did, it went out a long time ago. Law and Order. Law and Order is um, NBC. Yeah, USA is NBC, though. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's owned by Universal. Law and Order still airs on fucking NBC, not on USA. They hold their, like, they have, like, reruns. Yeah. 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 I don't think that's going to keep high ratings well Lillian Garcia might yeah she might because um she has announced that the longtime ring announcers podcast called chasing glory is headed to the WWE network in fact the show will be available on the free version of the network Garcia's podcast is just the latest in a series of shows heading to the WWE network as we mentioned last week pasty Sam Roberts and Shane Strickland shows would both be available on the network soon. Yes, showing showing just how much they value Lillian Garcia's return to the company. It's free. She's free. <laughs> just spread her out to anyone. Speaking of all these podcasts, which can't keep up with the quality of beef sticks, no showing up on the network, WWE has officially unveiled its plans for the various podcasts and Instagram shows it has brought into the fold on WWE Network, rebranding them as the WWE Conversation Series. God, how fucking lame. <laughs> Isn't that the dumbest fucking thing? It's so... Wow. What would intrigue people? What's one word that gets people excited? 
conversation? Yes! <laughs> Table for three was hardly cutting it. This is real bad. <laughs> yeah. The network will now host one podcast per day throughout the week. The schedule includes in-house WWE creations like Corey Graves after the bell and the New Day Feel the Power, which should be done now, really. And acquired shows like Lillian Garcia's Chasing Glory and the Swerve City podcast. Each new episode of the Conversation series will be available on the free version of the WWE Network. And shows that were previously audio only outside of social media clips will be given a video component as part of the transfer. While the entire rebranding is a bit over the top, anything that gives the world more of the new day in video form is most likely a good thing at the end of the day. Exactly. I'd say that's the one thing that you win on. Because I do. I, I listen to the podcast, but then sometimes I'll see clips on YouTube. I'm like, I want to watch the show because it's got to be so much better to see them. Right. And then you can't watch the show. Well, I guess now you can. Yeah. It, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, I might like it better in video form. Yeah. You know, I, and then the way that they wrote, like, the previously audio only will be given a video component. I'm like, what if some of them were never videoed? Are they just going to lip sync it? Or are they going <laughs> to animate it? Or do we got some claymation going here? What's going on? But, no. It's, um... It's just, it's just it's, uh, the, 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 the reused footage of the, the Thunderdome audience. It's the Thunderdome audience. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'll watch any of these, but, I mean, again, hey, they're trying something, and we, we all knew when they put out a free tier of the network, you got to give them some bottom-feeding shit, you know? You got to give the, the people who are latching on for free some kind of shit. And if yeah, all these the things are already that's been doing, on the network forever that everybody's already seen. Well, but there's dumb people like me that pay for all the old shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but people are already listening to Lillian Garcia's podcast for free and then the New Day podcast for free and uh, Shane Strickland's Swerve for free. It's like... I wonder so... if all these podcasts are only going to exist on the network now. Um, I think... I think they wouldn't be smart to do that because I think it's good advertisement for the network to have the audio clips on certain podcasting sites. But yeah, that is a good question with the whole <clears throat> Twitch. And, See, Spotify and, just and did that with the Joe thing. Rogan podcast. At the end of this month, he goes exclusive with them and you can't hear it anywhere else. And then next year, the video portion is off of YouTube and it's on Spotify. Yeah. So, so I think, I think. I think the world of podcasts is going to be like Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and everything else. Oh, probably. Out. I mean, they all are turning that way anyways. So as as anything gets more popular, it's going to get more monetized. We know that. That's called commerce. Yes. And somebody who knows a lot about commerce, Pasty, is Masked Republic, which is a privately held company and the first integrated live event merchandising and media organization uniquely centered in the emerging growth of Lucha Libre and dedicated to expanding the sport deemed an integral part of Mexican culture beyond the borders of Mexico. And they have seen a recent expansion that has allowed for merchandise featuring legendary luchadors to be sold at Hot Topic stores, the store that grew New Japan to the American audience. Now, the company has announced new roles and hires that will see a unified focus 
on the growth growth of content development and expansion of licensing opportunities into the United States. That's exciting. So it's basically just like uh, when, yeah, when the Bullet Club in New Japan got their license to go to Hot Topic is literally kind of when they blew up in America, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this could only be good for the Mexican wrestling culture, AAA, CMLL, and the rest. I just hope they they have a nice assortment of high-quality lucha masks. That'd be awesome. You know what? I I, I would be surprised if you're going into Hot Topic as a a lucha site and don't have masks. Yeah. I mean, I... But I mean high-quality ones, not not what you get off a WWE shop. Right, right. I hope so, too, because you know what? I'd buy some. Yes. And in an effort to build upon the success of the Last Ride docuseries, WWE has announced 30 Days of the Dead Man. Beginning October 25th, the WWE Network will air a new documentary on The Undertaker every Sunday for five straight weeks. The first documentary on The Undertaker will be an episode of WWE Untold. Titled The Phenom and the Legend Killer. The episode will focus on classic matches between The Undertaker and Randy Orton. Classics. Of course. When I think of The Undertaker, I think of RKO. (laughs) Well, what what may... Go ahead. uh, No, you go. Uh, Okay, well, what may not be any better, Pasty, is uh, the second documentary in the series is titled Meeting Mark Calloway and will air on Sunday, November 1st. The documentary will focus on interviews with WWE superstars as they tell stories about the first time they were introduced to The Undertaker. I'll Sounds be passing on riveting. that one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if I wasn't skipping out on the first one. <laughs> Fuck. The third documentary will air on November 8th. It is titled The Mortician, The Story of Paul Bear. This documentary will focus on the life and career of Taker's longtime manager, William Moody, a.k.a. Paul Bear. How come the first one that I want to watch isn't about Undertaker? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the I just love one... how Undertaker's been like going backstage and begging of Vince for years. Please, please, can this be my last match? I want to be done. <laughs> and finally, Vince is like, yes. But we're going to beat this dead horse till it's gone. <laughs> no doubt. Oh. The, the fourth one, Pasty, I am interested in. It's a documentary titled Brothers of Destruction. And will air on Sunday, the 15th of November. This episode will focus on the longtime rivalry and alliance between Kane and The Undertaker, Kayfabe Brothers. And finally, the fifth installment of 30 Days of the Dead Man will air on Sunday, November 22nd. And I know you can't wait for this one as The Undertaker returns to 316 Gimmick Street for another session on Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions. Amazing. Yay. Fucking amazing. God. And then at they're the end real... of this, they're going to announce that he's coming back for Survivor Series. That's what I'm I keep hearing. telling you. They're juicing the shit out of this Undertaker. They're not. Well, and you know what? And I then guess the next time he retires, they can do it all over again. That's the best part. Let's be honest. This whole COVID thing is for everything was the worst possible time ever because it's awful. But it may be Undertaker may be the only one who's benefited from it. Because Undertaker can now have strictly cinematic matches that that can just highlight what's good and hide what's bad. 
And he can wrestle for another 20 years if COVID keeps up. Right. Fuck. They could do, they could pull a, uh, remember the, the, the Simpsons episode weekend at Burnsy's where Homer gets medical marijuana and then he kills Mr. Burns. And then they, they put him up on like a, like Pinocchio as yes. a little marionette. And they start that. You could do that with Undertaker. You could be <laughs> dead and just start do, 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 you know, uh, it's good stuff. Oh, you it's know, crazy. after after Mark dies, Vince is going to totally use holograms to bring him back. Well, I mean, he's technically the dead man. You don't right. have to use holograms. You can just wheel he's his He's the really man. dead man. <laughs> just just push him over on top of somebody. One, two, three. <laughs> Undertaker one. <laughs> fucking... The Undertaker versus his Undertaker. Right. <laughs> In a buried alive or dead match. We have a fucking, it's a Paul Bear match. How many guys can actually, can can we have two guys carry the Undertaker's coffin? No, (laughs) it's going to be four. Oh, they can't do it. Bring in another two. Can we get six? It isn't happening. Oh my gosh, who's going to come in? Oh, Uh, next month. Next month on the WWE Conversation Series, we host hour-long interviews with each of the Druids who have worked with Undertaker throughout the years. With a special appearance from one of the penis Druids. (laughs) From AEW. Pacey, the penis Druid may be coming. This whole Undertaker shit at some point has to go. But that doesn't stop Beefsticks Podcast from moving on, and we're moving on to the comings and goings. And pasty on this week's AEW Dark, Eddie Kingston announced that Allie, a.k.a. The Bunny, was now a member of his yet unnamed stable, which also consists of the Lucha Brothers and the team of the Butcher and the Blade. Now, The Bunny was originally introduced to AEW programming as a valet of The Butcher, and her real-life husband, The Blade, who is better known as Pepper Parks outside of AEW. Before being bounced around to various gimmicks and teams, she aligned herself with the Nightmare family, then she started accompanying QT Marshall during his matches, and following that, she formed a tag team with Brandy Rhodes called the Nightmare Sisters, before returning as the Bunny in Kingston's group. So was there like, I want to know, I didn't watch AEW or Dark this week. Did he just announce that she's back, or is there actual like story going into this? I didn't watch it. I know a long time ago he told the Blade he's got to get his life right. All I know is I I think they don't know what to do with Allie, which is sad because she's an amazing talent. But at the same time, I feel like I, I loved her as the bunny with the butcher and the blade, and yeah. I think her being the the one, if not first, female in Eddie Kingston's group is great. I like this. I like what they're doing with her. I like what they're doing with Eddie's group, and maybe that's just because I like everybody involved in it right now. But I guess that's what makes a great group. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I I am ex- I am kind of wondering what they're gonna do if they're even ever going to name his faction or if it's just always going to be just them. But I, I, I want it to be a name. Although I don't think they have great names in AEW yet. I don't like Inner Circle. I'm probably the only person who thinks the original name was a better name than Inner Circle, which was The Fist. 
know. <laughs> it was going to be five members, five fingers of a hand, the fist. It was kind of a, a spoof on the hand from Daredevil. Um, Jericho's a big comic guy. I like, I like it. I think I liked the, f- I mean, is the fist any worse? Than We're going to fist ya. But is it any worse than the inner circle though? Really? No, it would work. I think it would work well. You know, the, the nightmare collective I thought was <laughs> dumb or nightmare. I feel like the only reason or... they called him the inner circle was a jab at, at, at CM Punk because of inner circle doing his theme song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, allegedly. What? That was living color. Shut up. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just really threw me off for a second. Uh, Inner I, Circle is a is a band, though. I heard Inner Circle came from... Oh, Inner Circle's the, the ones who sing Bad Boys. Bad okay. Boys, Bad Boys, oh, what you gonna do? Yeah, very uh, different. I have heard that Inner Circle came... According to Jericho, Inner Circle came when he was on Being the Elite, and he just said, this is my Inner Circle of guys, and then afterwards, like... God, it should just, they should be called the inner circle of guys. Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Right, the inner circle of guys. (laughs) That's very Chris Jericho marketable, I think. But long story short, I think she's back where she needs to be, and maybe this is a positive for Allie since they obviously don't know what to do with her because AEW's been around for slightly over a year and she's been like in five different gimmicks now so that's yeah. a lot especially yeah. since and they really they throw her around without any kind of explanation as to why and that's i think the no, worst they part don't. and she wasn't like she wasn't she wasn't in from the beginning so it's not even like she's been there a full year you know right yeah yeah I, I i hope this works especially with her husband just let her be with the blade just let her be with pepper parks just let her do her thing those two are both super talented they obviously have chemistry together they're fucking married <laughs> don't pull a wwe and be like they have to be separated just let them be together uh, yes Benjamin Carter aka the prodigy of pro wrestling has reportedly signed with the WWE according to Dave Meltzer Carter's decision to sign with the WWE has a lot to do with the ongoing pandemic since independent wrestlers are no longer able to travel the world and perform on multiple shows. Meltzer also noted he is unaware if AEW made an offer to Carter, who wrestled several matches on AEW Dark, and made one televised appearance during last month's one-hour edition of AEW Late Night Dynamite. Carter is expected to debut in NXT UK, hailing from the small UK island called Jersey. Located in the Channel's Islands near France, the prodigy trained at the Black and the Brave Wrestling Academy, where he was mentored by Seth Rollins. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I you know I don't know a lot about Benjamin Carter. I don't think I've seen anything of his. If I have, I didn't Isn't that know funny? or remember. I don't know anything about him either. But he calls himself the prodigy. Of <laughs> I know, right? But I, I I I would like to see his stuff, especially seeing that he was uh, trained in Black and Brave. You know, that's kind of cool. That's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from where Pasty and I live. You know, right. it's it's a it's, it's just a spring drive. <clears throat> exactly. By pond, we mean cornfields. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, 
yeah, it, it's cool, and it's this is good for him, like they said. And so it's Tyler Black, and who's the Brave? Uh, I'd have to look it up. He's a pro wrestler, but nowhere near as big as Seth Green, or, you know, or not Seth. I said Seth Green. Seth Rollins. <laughs> nowhere, big, well, big Seth to be fair, he's nowhere big as Seth Green either. Let's just throw that out there. Who's smaller than Seth Green? Swoggle? <laughs> Swoggle, you know. Other folk. Oh, moving on. Tino Sabatelli Pasty is once again signed to a WWE contract. They're, they're hitting the redo button. According to a report from PW Insider, the 37-year-old Orland- from Orlando re-signed with the company last week. Old Sabby made his in-ring debut for NXT at a live event on April 4th, 2015, competing unsuccessfully in a battle royal. It was announced that he was released from his contract during WWE's massive bloodletting in April of this year. So he can be <clears throat> released again next year when it all happens again. You're damn right. Well, it's good to see that some of the minor people are also being let back in. So, I mean, <laughs> things are happening. I don't know what things, and I don't know how they're happening, and I don't they know for do how long. after Ryback called Stephanie out. <laughs> hey, feed me more. Right, Pasty, you didn't say his full name. It's Ryback. Ryback, feed me more Ryback. Yes. Let's say the whole thing. It's legal. It's a legal documentation. Uh, another victim of WWE's COVID-related reduction was Ace Steel, who has been rehired in a coaching role at the Performance Center as well. Steel, who used to wrestle for both Ring of Honor and Impact and train CM Punk, was signed to WWE as a coach in November 2019. He was furloughed in April as well. CM Punk to WWE confirmed. Of course. His trainer is there, right? That's the person he's got the most respect for. Well, that and uh, Tino Sabatelli. Those two guys he loves. Yes. Yeah. MLW Pacey signed 31-year-old kickboxer and Sanchao fighter, the Situ Asian, <laughs> Boku Dao making him the first Vietnamese-American pro wrestler signed to a major wrestling promotion ever. <laughs> Fucking the dog loves it even. Yes. Dog has a little, He's dog so has a little over Vietnamese here already. No, I'm telling you. It's worth noting that Dao is only 5 foot 0 inches and weighs 151 pounds, pasty. So he may also be one of the smallest non- Little person wrestlers ever. I am excited that we need to get a match between him and, uh, uh, God damn it. Marco stunt. There you go. There you go. There you go. Could you see Marco stunt against a fucking kickboxer? Oh my God. He'd <laughs> die. People would be picking his job from the balcony, taking it home as a souvenir. <laughs> You know, I just, all, all I know, and I don't know anything about uh, uh, Buku Dao, uh, anything about him at all. I just hope that every time he comes to the ring, the ring announcer announces him as the Situ Asian. <laughs> because that is the coolest Asian Seriously, if you ever. stick with that, if you run with that, that's probably my favorite name in pro wrestling. Oh, it's going to go a long way, man. He's the situation, but he's the Situ Asian. 
<laughs> you got to do a little head bob in between. <laughs> Folks at home can't see that I'm doing that. I say sit you, and then I kind of nod my head about three times before I say Asian. Because yeah. I'm trying to get it out. It's stuck back there. The Asian it reminds me of there. the planet Arium. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that might be where I got it from subconsciously. I bet the planet Arium. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I like it. I dig it. I'm looking forward to seeing him in MLW when they uh when they re redo everything, which should be starting pretty dig on soon, pasty. They relaunch. That's exciting. This next news story has had me confused all day long, Fat Mac. I'm glad. Charlotte Flair has signed with the Vayner Sports Agency. Vayner Sports is the agency owned by entrepreneur and internet personality Gary Vaynerchuk and his brother AJ. The agency launched in 2016 under the successful Vayner Media umbrella. Vayner Sports worked exclusively in football from 2016 to 2020, but this year saw the agencies expand as they began representing baseball players, esports stars, and combat sports athletes. But Flair looks to be their first professional wrestler. Why do you need an agent when you're signed to WWE and you're never going to go anywhere else? I'm assuming for outside projects. Doesn't WWE say you can't have an agent because we want to have the leverage when we're negotiating your contracts? No, many wrestlers have agents. Oh, then why don't many wrestlers have Have you ever heard of Barry Bloom? Barry Bloom is like the most famous agent of pro wrestlers ever. Agent, they must not do very good if, if the companies still aren't taking care of their wrestlers. The ones that Barry Bloom, <laughs> uh, the the ones that Barry Bloom works with, definitely get taken care of. Trust me. <laughs> um, that's your Hulk Hogan's, your Bill Goldberg's, uh, all that. <clears throat> yeah, they're. Yeah, you get an agent less for pro wrestling. Although a lot of pro wrestlers now do have agents too, which, you know. It was stupid until AEW came about because WWE was going to pay you whatever they're going to pay you. And so if you want to hire an agent to come into a meeting with you and take 10% of what they were going to pay you with or without them, that's fine. But now that AEW is around, it actually, you know, they got leverage and you can actually play some games. But I, I would say it's for outside projects. I don't think it's for wrestling at all. It's weird. <laughs> Uh, am I the only person who, when they see Vayner Sports, imagines the logo to look like a fucking forearm making a fist and it's very veiny? I literally thought the same thing. <laughs> Thank you. Very phallic. I very saw veiny. a big throbbing vein on a big phallic post. Yes. <laughs> You're not the only one who thought that. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you said it because I literally thought that. And, folks, we did not discuss this story at all before we went on the air. But, but literally, yes. That's what I thought of. And speaking of uh, phallic-looking throb, throbbing uh, members, it's official, Pasty. Serpentico has officially signed a contract with AEW All Elite Wrestling. Yes. He actually made his debut way back when, on March 18th, and he has actually been a regular on AEW Dark and has had sporadic appearances on Dynamite. In September, he made his pay-per-view debut, well, kind of, when he faced the bad boy Joey Janela at the All Out Buy-In show. I'm surprised it's taken this long to actually sign Serpentico, but I guess with all the... uh, 
uncertainty going on nowadays, it makes sense. But I'm glad they got him. They've been using him a lot. He's a super indie talent. He's He's got so much potential. He's a good fit. I like Serpentico. And I could only see him joining with Luchasaurus and feuding with Jungle Boy. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think it would be great. Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion Deanna Purazzo has officially signed a long-term contract with the company. The signing was revealed Thursday by Josh Matthews during the Impact press call to promote Bound for Glory. Purazzo returned to to Impact this past June after being released from WWE in April due to the COVID-19 cuts. She captured the Knockouts title not long after by defeating Jordan Grace at Slammiversary. Purazzo will defend her title against Kylie Ray at Bound for Glory, which we will discuss in a moment. Uh, also, Impact uh, Impact Plus is free this week, so you have no excuse not to watch Bound for Glory this weekend. That's what I'm saying. You can watch everything, too, so I would just you know go, go to your local dealer, buy a hefty bag of meth, and sit down and, and digest it all in the next week. Oh, go back to the old, uh, go to 2000, go to 2005 through 2008 and just, just gorge yourself. It's amazing. Oh, you got to watch the dark stuff. And then also hit up, well, I was going to say also hit up the, the Hogan era because as much shit as people give it, some of the best stuff happened during the Hogan era. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that. Uh, but speaking of Impact Wrestling, Impact Wrestling has granted Dega's release request Tuesday. Tessa Blanchard's husband made his debut with the company on the February 1st, 2019th episode of Impact Wrestling. Damn smarch weather. His debut match featured him tagging with Santana and Ortiz in a losing effort to the Lucha Bros and Ray Horace. Dago was also featured in a Team Lucha Underground versus Team Impact match at United We Stand that same year. During his run in Lucha Underground, he was seen as part of Cobra Moon's Reptile Tribe, and that may be known to some of you as the group that spawned the career of Luchasaurus. Nice. I can only assume with her picture being in WWE Battlegrounds that they're going to be WWE bound sooner rather than later. Because I haven't heard no more about that story since it first happened. Right? Yeah, you, you, you never know. Um, Tess, I mean, Dega's an amazing talent, but he's going to be give or take anywhere he goes. He, he's an amazing talent anywhere he goes. I don't know that he'll be a main eventer anywhere he goes. Tessa Blanchard, though, anybody's dumb not to pick her up. Yeah. What, whatever, whatever maybe such she has on her, I mean, we don't know – Nothing's came up as factual. There's been nothing put out that, oh, here's proof that she did this, 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 or this. And let's just call a spade a spade. She's an amazing talent. And if there's people out there who still fucking love Chris Benoit after what he did, we can still appreciate Tessa Blanchard for her in-ring work, even though she has some allegations made against her that are unproven. And Joey Ryan. Same. We love Joey Ryan. He's got problems. But we like him. 
Well, we have all got problems, Fat Mac. It's 2020, and we are in the midst of COVID-19, or rounding the corner, if you're the president. Oh, we're just rounding the corner. It's not a big deal. We just got to wait it out, pasty. You got to see. You got to see Trevor Noah's thing that they released today. It's every time he said he said rounding the corner like 80 times since COVID (laughs) came to America. It's a big fucking corner. It's it's like NASCAR. My favorite thing is from the uh, debate last night. It's not my fault it's here. It's China's fault. Why is everything somebody else? First of all, it's not China's fault it's here. And no, it's not Trump's fault it's here either. You could lay a lot of blame on Trump for how it's been handled. Especially given like his direct quotes about not handling it at all. My favorite part is is he talks about how it's it's not to be feared and we're supposed to go on with our lives, but now he's taken to calling it the plague. <laughs> it's something we just have to live with. That was one of his quotes. It's something we just have or deal with. It's something we just have to deal with. It's just like acid reflux. You just got to deal with it. Go about your normal life and deal with it. Every now and then you get COVID. I feel like he handled himself very, fairly well last night. Oh, bet, well, bet compared to his last one, yeah. a million times better. Hello. <laughs> and now, uh, and now Rudy Giuliani's got a uh, dick pics floating around. So, yeah. Yeah. all right, gotta love it. Oh, it's so good. Um, how do we get off on this now? Uh, we started talking about the COVID nineteen four one one Fat Mac, everybody's favorite segment on our podcast. Yes. Yes. Kicking off this segment, the Orange County, Florida Department of Health has currently assembled a strike team to investigate several locations as potential locations where COVID-19 might be spreading. This includes three WWE venues. Holy shit, I didn't even know they used three places. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was all in one damn garage. It is believed that several trainees from the Performance Center and or NXT talent made formal complaints about daily operations and protocols not being followed. A few weeks ago, a couple of people spoke up at an NXT taping about what they called anti-maskers not following the guidelines outside of NXT and training classes, while potentially putting others at risk due to their actions. The WWE NXT Arena on the campus of Full Sail University, WWE Performance Center, and the WWE Thunderdome at a Amway Arena are included on a list of 17 businesses that the county health department has asked the strike team to look into as potential locations where the coronavirus might be spreading. According to WFTV in Orlando, health officer Raul Pino noted that people in their late teens and early 20s are gathering to cheer on their favorite teams and wrestlers, and the virus is spreading. Pino sent a list of bars to Orange County strike team for further investigation adding that people who have tested positive for COVID-19 are saying these locations are more than others as places where they might have been affected. Among the other locations targeted include multiple bars, an Amazon distribution center, and Jesus School. Oh, no, not Jesus School. (laughs) It's not a good year for conservative Christians. It's it's a rough time for Jesus School. (laughs) Yeah, WWE's really, uh, they're getting called out here. They're getting called out. Three out of 17 doesn't look good, does it? Especially when that's like their only three, I think. So that's like 100% of where they're filming. (laughs) 
Ouch, not good. And yeah, when it when it comes to Florida, three out of seventeen is pretty fucking bad. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the seventeen in Florida, and I don't care what it is. If you're in be... Florida and a government agency <laughs> is calling you bad, <laughs> that's yeah. bad. If there's, if there's a list of the greatest seventeen people in Florida, I think those seventeen are horrible people. <laughs> They're in Florida. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh. Not good. Not good at all. So uh, we're definitely going to follow up on this story. Hopefully we get more information about what the strike force finds. I love that they got a strike force. (laughs) Like, they're not just investigating it. They're striking it. At WWE Survivor Series, it's the (laughs) county strike force versus retribution. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Like one of the one of WWE centers actually gets shut down, and they have well, they they did it back in the day with the uh, when the parent teacher council was talking about how horrible they were. They mocked the PTC with the RTC yep, right to censor. Yep. I would love to see them mock this this strike force. Shut <laughs> us down! Retribution's coming for you. <laughs> That's good. And uh, by the way, I don't know if they still own the trademark to this or not, but there was a WWF team called Strike Force, which was uh, Rick Martel and Tito, Sir, uh, um, not Tito, um, Tito Santana, which actually started in AEW or A, not AEW, AWA, um, here in Minnesota, Pacey. That would yeah, be so, so awesome if so WWE still on the they, rates and sued them exactly. for investigating. It's too close. It's too wrestling adjacent. Strike Force. I hope they could, if they still own that trademark, <laughs> they can at least make that. You know what I mean? Make a group Strike Force. Even bring, why not bring Tito Santana or Rick Martel or both in as uh, as the uh, the managers? You know what I mean? Yeah. God, that'd be great. Fucking awesome. By the way, Strike Force was a great tag team, and I recommend you go watch the most Strike Force tag team matches on the WWE Network. Speaking of that, after three positive COVID tests, pasty, it's a gross understatement to say that GCW or Game Changer Wrestling's collective shows probably could have gone better earlier this month. They really changed and the game. Damn right they did. A lot of people's games, not just their own. <laughs> They straight hit the eject button, blew on the cartridge, threw it in a case, and popped in another one. An interview with Fightful promoter Brett Lauderdale said that there was, you know what, I visited his fort down in Texas. (laughs) Um, Anyways, he said that there will be more safety precautions put in place for future events under the GCW banner. When asked specifically about differences between the collective And this week's The Last Resort, Lauderdale responded thusly. It's a smaller crew in wrestlers and staff. One of the things we've done is no one traveled to California this week without a negative COVID test. Everyone participated in that. Most people have gotten two tests, and most of them in the latter part of the week. Some of the other things we're doing is dramatically cutting back on the personnel in the locker room. I've stressed, unless you are in the ring, you are expected to be wearing a mask. There's going to be no physical interaction between wrestlers and fans this week. This has been our policy the whole time, but we're going to be on top of it extra this time. (laughs) I just see him as twisting terms. 
No one is allowed to, or no. Uh, one of the things done is no one traveled to California this week without a negative COVID test. Negative meaning positive because it's a bad thing. <laughs> right. Folks, I just want you to keep what I just read in mind as we go through the the rest of this COVID news. <laughs> just keep it in mind. <sighs> Recent Ring of Honor signee Tony Deepin was one of the wrestlers participating in the collective a few weeks ago, and he re- recently announced that he has tested positive or negative for COVID-19. Tweeting COVID results <laughs> came back positive or negative. If you're dumb and didn't already get one, get one. Thankfully, everyone I was around all weekend all had negative or positive test results. <laughs> Even the people I was in the car with for nine hours. I guess I'm just the lucky one. Yeah. Or unlucky. Ba- <laughs> right. <laughs> and basically, indie wrestler AJ Gray announced Wednesday he tested positive for COVID-19, although he isn't experiencing any symptoms, writing... Well, I got some bad news. Last COVID test just came back, and I tested positive or negative. I don't really have any symptoms at all, but I'm still stuck on a 14-day quarantine. So, yeah, this blows. He was pointing at his girlfriend. It's hella inconvenient right now because, boy, I need to be at work. But it is what it is. I'm going to crack my blinds and look out my window like I'm locked up. So basically, this past weekend, Gray faced the great Scott at HMW New Texas Pro Texas Grand Prix and wrestled against Joey Janela at, wait for it, GCW The Last Resort. (laughs) No wonder Joey Janela wasn't at Dynamite this week, huh? So just to remind you, when asked specifically about the differences between Collective and The Last Resort... It's a smaller crew. We're going to be on top of it extra this time. (laughs) And yes, as I blew out of the water, speaking of Janela, he faced AJ Gray at the last resort. AEW announced that he had to be pulled from the Dynamite show due to being exposed at the aforementioned event. God, he could have killed Kenny Omega. And pasty, don't forget, at the last resort, They're going to be on top of it extra this time. (laughs) I just fucking love within one week we got this. That's fucking awesome. Oh, man. That's good shit. It's like 2020 is writing its own book. I love it. (laughs) He was so confident when he said that, like, less than a week ago. Everything's going to be good at the last resort. We got this. We're on top. We learned from our mistakes. It's all going smooth. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Bet AEW doesn't let them use any more of their wrestlers again. How huh? they fucked up a tournament. I, I hope the hell not. God. Why would you? First of all, all respect to, to, to AEW and Joey Janela and GCW, which I love and I think is one of the greatest, biggest independent promotions out there. Why in the fuck during this pandemic would you let any of your contracted wrestlers go to any sort of independent event? I don't even right. know that I'd let them go to NWA, Impact. Like, I, this is not the time to be sharing talent. It sucks right. for us as fans, yes, but... <laughs> They're teasing potential crossovers with New uh, Japan now. Yeah, smart. 
Just bring it back to Japan. They've almost got it under control. Well, Pacey, we're laughing, we're joking, and you know what? A lot of it is so over the top that you have to, and the truth is you have to laugh at anything so negative. you get, you got to find a little bit of positive, but I'm just going to bring it down for a moment because John Cardrone, known to wrestling fans as Johnny Meadows, died of COVID-19 complications this last Tuesday. Condrone, who was close to 60, had been fighting the virus since late September. According to the Daily Times, Condrone had been on a ventilator since September 28th, and Condrone began his wrestling career for Southern Championship Wrestling, where he faced off against performers such as Abdullah the Butcher, the Mongolian Stomper, Big John Stud, Blackjack Mulligan, who is uh, the uncle of Bray Wyatt and Boo Dallas. Terry Taylor, you might know as the cockadoodle-doo man, the Red Rooster. Kevin Sullivan. Hector Guerrero, who of course was the gobbledygooker. And Dick Murdoch, who has made a reemergence in NWA as of late. He also held title matches against world champions Ric Flair and Crazy Luke Graham. He held victories over notable names such as the Stomper and Ric Flair. <laughs> Johnny that's also had brief never stints. Gonna know, but that's awesome. <laughs> that is some of the best shit. I I don't know what happened. Johnny also had brief stints in Georgia Championship Wrestling, Mid Atlantic, NWA, WCW, WWF, ECW, AWA, Smoky Mountain, Continental Tennessee Mountain Wrestling, AWA, and several other organizations. God, he was a journeyman. Besides Johnny Meadows, Cardrone portrayed several other wrestling characters and tag teams, including the Paradise City Rockers with Joey Kazana, the Dream Team with Don Lucas, the Cruisers with Terry Bronson, the Stingers he portrayed in NWA WCW Henchman for Ric Flair when he was going against Sting, Brian Pillman, and various other NWA WCW wrestlers, also, the Red Rocker and the Italian Stallion. And we're not talking about Sly Stallone's porno flick. <laughs> Condrone was also a Dove and Grammy-nominated ASCAP songwriter with long-running stints with touring bluegrass groups Tranquility Express and the Rowan State Boys. So he had a little musical touch. Maybe uh, if he hadn't died... Jericho and MJF could have used him. Yeah. But he died. But he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's sad. It's sad. And this, uh, just, I know he probably wasn't doing much in wrestling, but this should be a statement to all companies. Uh, don't use legends currently. Like, that's a exactly. dumb idea. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> Hey, you know what sounds like a good idea? Let's get The Undertaker and Stone Cold back together for a podcast. Right. I mean, Terry Funk is probably good. Go ahead and book Terry Funk. He's solid. (laughs) But the rest of them, I'd I'd stay away from. Uh, Sad stuff. And that brings us to this week's Injury Report. In the main event of this week's Dynamite, Alex Reynolds was knocked unconscious 
During the match that saw the Young Bucks defeat Private Party, Butcher and the Blade, and John Silver and Alex Reynolds to win a title shot against FTR at full gear, he was hit with a leg drop splash combo off the top rope by a Private Party that knocked him clean out. Reynolds didn't move at all and was dragged to the corner by the Blade so he could tag in and get Reynolds out of the match. Alex was then tended to at the ringside. Cody even came out post-match to check on Reynolds, who eventually walked to the back with some help. Thank God. Alex released the following statement. Hey guys, just wanted to thank you for all the concerns for my health. It means the world to me. I truly believe the ref and our doctor handled the situation great on Wednesday's show. They made him say that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Injuries happen in wrestling. But I feel completely safe with our team here. Thanks again. I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. And then he was on a shot of Brandy on the AEW YouTube channel, like, the next day. They had the, uh, the, the only that... way they were he was going to get on the show. <laughs> he had to get injured, so Cody felt bad. <laughs> they had the same guy who talked to Matt Hardy. He be like, all right, this is what you're going to say, buddy. Uh, somebody else who had a rough night, uh, Ray Phoenix landed on his head during his match against Penta El Cerro M and hurt his neck, and it was reportedly sore afterwards. So now Penta El Cerro M is actually going to replace his brother in the match against Kenny Omega during the second round of the AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament on next week's Dynamite. I love Phoenix which... so much, but this is going to be way better. Oh, I agree, but I also expected Phoenix to win, so now this kind of throws up my plans for what I thought the brackets were going to be. Pasty, take this next story. i got to step away for a second, and I will be right back. Yes, sir. Taya Valkyrie shared on social media that she suffered second-degree burns. Ouch. Taya revealed that she had lit a candle, and it erupted like a torch, charring her window and wall. Till the sweat drops down my balls. While trying to put the fire out, she suffered second-degree burns on her hands and face. Hate to say it, you weren't lighting a candle. That is crazy. And lastly, for this week's injury report, Principe Arrero, who has wrestled for AAA and several other Mexican promotions, passed away October 17th after he collapsed during a match Saturday night. According to Alistair McGeorge of Metro, Herrero was competing at Mexa Wrestling event in Mexico City. He reportedly collapsed after he took a few chops and a kick during the match. After, he was taken to the local hospital where Herrero passed away. The official medical report said that Principe Herrero did not pass away from a heart attack. He died of ruptured middle cerebral artery. Not only did a gifted entertainer leave this world, but he was also incredibly young at just 26 years of age. God, it's that's sad. That's a hell of a way to go. Yes. And so that's super young. That's real. I mean, wrestlers die young, 40s, maybe 30s. 26 years of age, you haven't even hit the prime yet. So sad. It is really sad. What's even more sad is the human being that I am, because I heard about it and I was like, but I thought Mysterio just signed a new contract with WWE. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, that was funny. That is funny. I hate to say it. Oh, basically moving on to something that uh, probably shouldn't be funny. I'm really excited for it. I'm actually all stoked. My my son fandom is all stoked. I think it's going to be some good shit. We've got Impact Bound for Glory 2020 predictions on the way. And this looks like a hell of a stacked show. Yeah, yeah, it does. I don't think there's a bad match in the bunch. They might end up being a bad match, but on paper, they're all home runs. Um, uh, we, we started off, at least we assume, X Division Championship, six-way scramble pasty, Rohit Raju taking on Willie Mack, TJP, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, and Jordan Grace. Man, right off the bat, I wanted to pick Jordan Grace, but uh, I hop TJP, my brother. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I still think there's a good chance Jordan could win this. Um, and this especially is after scramble, this last this is week. consecutive matches, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one after the other, after the other, after the other. Um, I, after this week, Jordan Grace looks so fucking good against Rohit, but. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge Rohit Raju fan, but I think they're sticking with him. And I, I'm okay with them sticking with him, and I think Jordan... Obviously, he's I the last can, one to come in the match, right? Being the champion. I I, I don't know. They I, I don't. They haven't given a uh, lineup. But I will say I think Jordan deserves better than the X Division Championship. I know that sounds shitty, but... I wanted either to go for the women's championship or the heavyweight championship, one or the other. Yeah. So I'm going with. I, I'm saying Rohit keeps it. All right. It's really hard to count Trey Trey out too. He's so good. Oh, Trey is. Or he's. He's the guy I think is going to be a superstar. Like I don't. It might not even be with Impact. I don't know, but God, he's fucked amazing he deserves so much more. Really, I mean I love Willie Mack super love him but Trey has something that I'm just scared is going to be wasted private party is like the dollar store version of the rascals just saying I love the rascals <sighs> and the second match is a fight in the undisclosed location it's in the butt right it's going to be a, this is going to be a, they have confirmed it's a cinematic match. Yeah, because EC3 kidnapped him, didn't he? Yeah, and it's in the, um, not the nether, they, the night, they, they have, I, I don't remember what they call it. He's in something, he's in a place. But that's where we assume it's going to be, but so far it's just said it's in an undisclosed location. But correct, he, he kidnapped him and he's holding him hostage. Holding him close. Um, you know, I say the reason you build this match up is for Moose to get his victory. I think with it being a cinematic match, you can kind of protect EC3 because I hope they're bringing him in to rebrand him again as one of their top guys. But I think Moose wins this. I think... I don't want him to. I don't like Moose, and I love EC3, but with this being a cine- cinematic match and everything, I just think that 
I think Moose is going over. I think they're going to leave oh, the fans man. happy, and Moose escapes. EC3 is Moose a is a fan favorite. I thought he was a heel with running roughshod over all the legends and impact and and, and yeah. bringing back the TNA World Championship. Like That's where I got to go EC3. Like He may have kidnapped the guy, but you're bringing him back, right? They, they made a <laughs> point to say that he didn't sign with impact to right. do this so that he signs with impact. I guess maybe he'd have to lose to Moose for that to happen, but... I don't know. I, I I'm going EC3 just because the prodigal son is back. Ah, you gotta love him. Next, we see Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock. Pasty. Um, this is the only match that really has nothing on the line, but <laughs> it's it's one of the matches I think might be the most hard hitting. Yeah, yeah. Ken Shamrock matches are pretty all right. I mean, he's no Tommy Dreamer, but um. Ah! <laughs> Next, you're going to say Eddie Edwards is no Davy Richards. <laughs> ah. ah, no, double E all day. Yeah. I would say the same. Ken Shamrock isn't what he was, and Eddie Edwards is what he is. How do you like that? Uh, I'm going Eddie Edwards also. Yes. And then we have the 20 person call your shot gauntlet. And the stipulation is if Heath or Rhino win, Heath gets an impact contract. If neither of them win, both must leave the company. This is see Rhino coming in at number one. Hernandez coming in at number 20 with an assortment of Heath, Alicia Edwards, Cody Diener, AC Romero, Larry D, Tennille Dashwood, Taya Valkyrie, Brian Myers, Tommy Dreamer, Havoc, and eight more to be determined. You know, I love the fact that this is a mix of heavyweights, lightweights, women, men. It's going to be fun watching uh, Heath get beat by women. World title guys and, and, and jobbers. This is, obviously, this is the most unpredictable one. First of all, we don't know eight of the participants. It's unpredictable, also, but at the same time, that stipulation says what has to happen. Well, it's a call your shot gauntlet. So you could either go for the tag title, you could go for the world title, you could go for the X title, you could go for the women's title. I mean, it's all up in the arms. You know, the, the easy money goes to Hernandez coming in at number 20. I think that's too easy. I think I... I I purposely waited, Pasty, and I'm just going to blow kayfabe right here. I purposely waited for you to make your call. You know because, what I got to pick. Well, because <laughs> because I was like, part of me thinks Rhino and Heath are going to lose and they're going to continue the storyline. Oh, it would make part so of me sense. Thinks, yeah. yeah, and part of me thinks they have to win to get their contract. So I was like, you know what? If Pasty picks either Rhino or Heath, I'll pick somebody out of them. If Pasty picks somebody else, I'm going to pick them. You you picked uh, I somebody picked Tommy Dreamer, Fat Mac. We're just okay, going to say that right here. <laughs> nobody, Tommy Dreamer is going to win this and cost both Rhino and Heath their jobs, and that's the greatest moment in wrestling history. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I decided to go with Rhino. I know he's going in number one. Remember, it's, it's, a, it's a gauntlet, so it's not a battle royal. 
So you have multiple matches each time. You know, people come in at, what, two-minute intervals or whatever. I'm just going to go with Rhino in at number one, and I don't know what the fuck happens. We're both <laughs> going to be wrong, I'm sure. I mean, there's eight to-be-determined, so what the fuck? <laughs> what the it's, fuck? It's definitely an exciting time. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer for the win. Just because there were... how beautiful is that? <laughs> oh, and because you've bet on Tommy Dreamer every time he's on there and you've lost every time. <laughs> and you know that the one time you say you're not going to pick him, he's going to win and you're going to look like a jackass. Yes, indeed. And talking about matches with a ton of folk and I'm pasty, we got a tag team championship four-way match. We're going to see the Motor City Machine Guns, of course, Alex, uh, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabian defending their championships against the Good Brothers. Big LG, Doc Gallows, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson. And the North, Ethan Page, Josh Alexander, as well as Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Uh, this is a low-key sleeper match of the night. Going to be the most entertaining thing you're probably going to watch. You think so? Uh, it's going to be tough with the main event, but I think so, yeah. Okay. Yep. What do you got? A good Brothers. Duh. Yeah, I think it's I think it's time for the Good Brothers to be pushed, and I definitely think it's time for them to be pushed in Impact Wrestling. I'm looking forward to seeing and, Good Brothers square off with the North, though, like chest to chest, like that'd be cool. See, I, I was just gonna say, Pasty, and sometimes we think so much alike, and sometimes we think so different. I was just gonna say, I want to see the Good Brothers win it, and then I want to see around February or March. Have them lose it to the North, and I want to see the North hold it for a year. But I, wa- I don't want them to win it from Motor City Machine Guns. I want them to win it from the Good Brothers. It'll mean so much more if they win it from the Good Brothers. I get that. And just one-on-one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, not uh, two-on-two, I should say. Duh. One-on-one tag match! You know what? WWE's <laughs> fucking done it. Then we have the Knockouts Championship, seeing Deanna Purazzo defending her gold against Kylie Ray. Well, Pasty, we just mentioned in the news above that Deanna just signed a contract with yep. uh, Impact Wrestling. Why the fuck would part of that not be, I keep it for at least the next pay-per-view? <laughs> yeah, yeah she's, uh, there's no way she's not yeah, winning Yeah, I definitely this, was going to pick Kylie, but I did read the news before I got there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's getting that shit. <laughs> and then uh, we got the Impact World Championship match. We got Eric Young taking on Rich Swan. It's going to be fun. Never thought I'd want this match as much as I do. But I do. And uh, yeah. as much as I love Eric Young, Swan's taking that title. Eric didn't you know, break his leg for nothing, right? Exactly. Yeah, I and I agree 100% with you. It's like, this is not a matchup I would have written down myself if I was putting together a pay-per-view. But with Eric the way he's been lately and with the history between Swan and, yeah, like you said, getting the leg broke and everything. Mm -hmm. and Eric's going to look so good for so much of this match. You know, Rich is always going to be fighting from underneath because of the leg. Oh, 
Eric is going to be targeting that. Le- it's going. I'm hoping it's going to be a complete storytelling match, like I love. You, you know what I love, Pasty. Oh yeah, you know where it gets a little bit me. hard to watch at times, even. Yeah. 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 Um. So I, I I agree with you. I think Eric Eric has built up what he has. I, I I've always said Eric is is a cornerstone. I don't see him as a champ, even right now, even as as vicious as he's been. He just doesn't. The championship to me doesn't look right on him. Rich Swan, he looks like a champ. If you were going to build a pro wrestler, Rich Swan is is one of the five you know builder wrestlers that you would have in yes. your stockpile. Uh, he he deserves it. He has the story. He has the comeback story. In fact, he's coming back from getting robbed from his comeback. So, hello, what better can you get, especially at Impact's WrestleMania Bound for Glory? For free. Rich Swan. For free if you tune in now to Impact Plus. And it's not a waste. You'll not only get this weekend's events, but you'll get an entire month of amazing pro wrestling matches, as well as various other independent matches that are on Impact Plus that are not just Impact Wrestling. Yes. Um, there's our cheap plug that we don't get paid for. <laughs> yeah, I go with Rich Swan also, but I think this could this could just be awesome. I'm excited to see what these two, you know, conflict of styles comes to mind because these are two very different folk. But man, right. they're going to put on. I hope at the main event of Bound for Glory, they put on one of the best matches of the year. Just think, Vince, you could have had this on NXT. You could have had it. He had them both, and he let them both go. <laughs> and that brings, brings us to our two. tiebreaker. Yes. Will an ex-WWE wrestler from within the last year show up in the gauntlet? That's eight open slots. You kind of left it open. You wrote the question. I'm going to say sure. Or did you uh, want me to be specific? Nope, nope, not at all. Okay. I mean, that's literally what it is. It's like <laughs> there's all these ex WWE wrestlers floating around. That's I think that's a good tiebreaker. Yes or no? You know, there's yeah. plenty of Impact wrestlers and and independents to throw in there that maybe it wasn't. And there's plenty of ex WWE wrestlers who we know Impact and every other company, including AEW, is willing to market. So. To me, that seems like a 50-50 question, pretty much. Yeah. So we'll go with that. We like it. And uh, that brings us into this year's Hell in a Cell, Pasty. Yes, indeed. uh, And only one match has been added since this morning. I was just going to ask you if you had any new, if you had any, what do you have? It's probably going to be the first match, so we'll just kick it off with that. Let's do it. I'll type it. You tell it. All right. Remember, there was a draft, and drafts are important for drawing lines of where you can and cannot go. So this match is Otis with the Money in the Bank Championship with Tucker versus The Miz with John Morrison in a singles match for the Money in the Bank contract. Versus Miz with Morrison, you said? Yep, yep. And it's right. for the money in the bank contract. Well, okay. First of all, let, let's let's say two things real quick. First of all, um, 
Otis Otis has the Money in the Bank contract, right? Yes. Okay, so I haven't watched WWE, but isn't Tuck isn't Otis out and Tucker in as a luchador who has the Money in the Bank contract? No, no, now? no, 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 no. Uh, making that Tucker's up? on Raw by himself, and Otis showed okay. up on Raw as a luchador with the Money in the oh, Bank. Oh, Otis yes. showed up. Okay, so what's like his, La Gorda. Something, yeah. Gordita Grande. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which was amusing. The, the, the... I'll give it that much. I liked it. I, you know, I seen the picture of it and I just, the mask didn't seem that creative, but maybe that's just me. Honestly, if like, if it came down to it and Otis had to choose between his buddy and the contract, keep heavy machinery together. They're so good. And Tucker ain't going to do nothing without them. Right, and let's be honest. Otis is is a is a fleeting thought. He's not going to do anything without it either. As soon as this money in the bank is gone, do think of uh, think of Elias, think of Baron Corbin, think of anybody else who's had it that we knew wasn't gonna nothing was gonna happen. Come on, yeah. Otis is well, yeah. No, Otis ain't gonna do nothing with it. That's a given. But but Otis as a character, I think he's he's good. Otis oh, I, I don't dislike him as a character. Yeah. I just don't think that Vince sees him as anything. I don't know. I've I've read recently in different sittings that Vince is both very high on Otis and Elias. And yet they're both where they are. What does that <laughs> tell you? Elias actually released his second album today. Oh, God forbid. Yeah. Um, so we got Money in the Bank contract, Otis with Tucker, Miz versus, with Morrison. Um, let's start with you, Pasty, since you're the one that told us it existed. What you going, witch? You know, it would be so cool if they teased splitting Otis and Tucker to have the Miz win the Money in the Bank and then feud with Morrison going into WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, I got to go with the Miz. That's good. That's so good. And since I knew nothing of any of this storyline going forward, I will pick Otis because you picked the Miz. All right. Nothing That's to go a on. guaranteed point for works. Pasty. <laughs> there you go. We like it. Uh, we move on to the only non-gimmick match that we know of, at least, and they could gimmick it up before uh, Sunday. Jeff Hardy versus Elias. You know, why the fuck are we having this match match? a guitar on a pole match or something because Elias has been out since Jeff Hardy's drunk driving escapades whatever and Elias thinks that Jeff Hardy hit him with the car even though it was Seamus or whatever the fuck we found I don't know oh that happened didn't that yeah that that was a long time ago too huh yep that's long-term storytelling in WWE for you fat man (laughs) yeah yet I don't give a shit (laughs) um I'm going with Elias for no reason yeah, I'm going with Jeff Hardy for no reason. Good shit. I think Elias should win it because he did release that album and he he's just making his comeback now. And I didn't know he released an album, so I'm feeling kind of a little bit more confident than I was. Like, <laughs> well, you gave me the point ago. on the first match, so I'll give you the point here. Happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> we love it. Then we have the WWE Championship Hell in a Cell match seeing Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the millionth time. And this time Orton has to fucking win it. Because why? Why? 
Yeah, the question is why the answer is Drew McIntyre. <laughs> if you have if you have something last this fucking long, I I see it honestly. To me, I see it pausing here with a McIntyre win, and then being a WrestleMania match that Orton wins. Like they've teased it for so long. I wouldn't feel, it make I, so much more sense of, since you're building McIntyre that Orton wins it here, and Mac wins it back. Does it? Mania? Yes. But before you interrupt me, I was going to say I'm getting shades of uh, Sasha Banks Bailey. Yeah. Where they're not doing what fucking makes that's, sense. Uh, yeah, that's WWE this year in a nutshell. Just like uh, uh, Andrade and and whatever, or Mysterios and Rollins. Like, they're not doing the formulaic three-match rivalry. They're no, doing they're... you win, 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 and only it's a one-sided story, and I hate it. Yeah, so that's that's literally what I'm seeing here. And and, and also, fuck Orton. <laughs> no, I want Orton to win it. That's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> And then, and then uh, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship Hell in a Cell match, seeing Bailey versus Sasha Banks. That should be the main event. It's the story they've been telling the longest and the best, and well, I guess maybe not the best, but uh, but the longest for yes. sure. It's like um, it's like my ex's old boyfriend. You know, he was the longest, but he wasn't the best. If you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this one's hard. This is a flip of the coin because we don't know what they've been doing with this whole. I don't think they know what they're doing with this rivalry at all. But I'm going to go with Sasha Banks winning the title at Hell in a Cell because. And this is literally my only reason for thinking this. I think WWE still wants to put some more Snoop Dogg in WrestleMania. <laughs> Honestly, like, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't agree. know. And looking at my prediction, I don't know why I didn't pick Sasha either, because I think here at this point, it's a pivot in this storyline that's going to go to Mania. She should yeah. win it. But this since is I think going they're going to do that with. Since right? I we think, agree with that. Since I think they're doing that with Orton and Drew McIntyre, yeah, I'm going to stick with my original choice, and I'm going to say Bailey wins because yeah. it's too much of the same if they don't. I honestly prefer Bailey holding on to the championship, but I, I, I do think this is still going till Mania. I, I really do see it. They, they don't, they haven't built anything else up. They've given up on their women at a hundred, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they the women's the division is Sasha, Bailey, and Oscar. Yeah, they, they. They topped the PWI 100, but WWE's given up on them. Yeah. I don't know. But then we got, at least as far as we know of the last match, Universal Championship, Hell in a Cell, I quit match. Basically, after the last match we've seen between these two, I am actually super excited. Other than the fact that their last match wasn't I quit match right because jimmy threw in the towel <laughs> that was my brother quits match okay <laughs> nonetheless i i really think this is going to be a great match these two 
Roman as a heel and working with Jay has brought out the best in both of them. I am fucking in love with this feud. This is the best thing that's happened to WWE in years, literally. And who would have thought, even though we all said they should do it, who would have thought that it's actually good, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's tantalizing and tasty. And it's definitely a new breath of life for Roman Reigns. Uh this is a this is kind of a clear decisive thing because I think there's still stipulation that was going to be added tonight because when the match was made Roman Reigns said there would be d- dire consequences to this match. Dire. It's got to be more than just I quit. So <sighs> maybe he loses his blood relation. <laughs> We're taking your blood. We're taking your blood out. <laughs> and you're now going to COVID infected blood. You're now going to become a rotunda. They'll never know what to do with you. That's great. Uh, My biggest gripe here, though, is the announce team. Still doesn't know which Uso they're dealing with. And they just fall back on saying, Uso does this. Uso does that. It's like, uh, (laughs) come on now. There's only one of them. Right, at least say their name now. I right. get it. We don't this know. This is the time when all the fans can learn the difference between the Usos finally. <laughs> and then you're not working it right. I don't know. Uh it's gonna be a good match though. I think clearly Reigns wins. I do see some fuckery where Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, and The Undertaker all show up. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's they've almost they haven't expelled any of the fuckery for sure. Yeah. But they've almost expelled any other ending other than a certain ending because it's a title match. It's a hell in a cell and it's an I quit match. So we almost have to have a definitive end. I think although it's WWE, they'll fuck you on it. But I mean, to me, it seems like they're building that up. So I, I hope we have a definitive end. But, yeah, you can easily see. They say The Undertaker is making a return just to flex his nuts. Uh, Brock Lesnar is in the new uh, game. I I honestly, personally, don't see him making any kind of appearance soon at all. But It was mostly um, and, and the Rock, part, but yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, The Rock, obviously, he's not even going to make WrestleMania this year. Yeah. That's out of the question. But, God, you know what? This, if nothing else, if if everything else that WWE is doing is shit, which, let's be honest, we could go out and say that. Uh. (laughs) Um, Roman Reigns' heel run, I think they're doing right. I think they're listening to us. And I'm not going to be the asshole who said he needs to be turned heel all the time and now says it's shit. No, I've been loving everything oh, yeah. he's done it's, as a heel. It's been great. I and wouldn't be surprised if on did... SmackDown tonight he said, you know, that that added stipulation. Every big dog needs some bitches. So if you say you quit, then you guys are my bitches, and that's how the blood right. joins up. Well, that's it, how you... It, the best he's got to call them they... his bitches because it's fitting. Oh, I love that. Yeah, with the big dog and the bitches. Yeah. And I just love the fact that they pitted him immediately against his blood. It's like that's 
super makes you you, you are a heel. They right. they did everything they we could. We ain't never to make getting sure that with Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, you knew. It's like, okay, he has Paul Heyman. Okay, he's talking shit to the fans. Okay, he's being mean to the babyface cousins that everybody loves. Like, they've done everything to let you know he's a heel. But I think they've done it right, and I enjoy it. And I think I think Reigns likes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he fits the role better. It's a lot better than suffering succotash. <laughs> he's a heel. I'm sorry. He's a heel. Oh, that's good stuff. And I guess you might call me a heel, but that's the end of our show, folks. That's all we got in it for you this week. Make sure you tune into these pay-per-views. Remember, Impact Bound for Glory is available to you for the low, low price of zero dollars, just like WWE podcasts. Impact Plus. Yes. And if you're going to check it out, feel free to post your uh, predictions up on Facebook.com slash Podcast, Or tweet us, BeefsticksCSB. With that being said, I got to make a potty break. You've snapped into it. Now I think it's time to snap out of it. Psst.